NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. to this special NWP radio broadcast organized for Write Out 2021. Uh, I'm Christina from the National Writing Project and I'm logging in here from Philadelphia. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be able to welcome colleagues from the National Park Service and Park for Every Classroom. We are um, doing a behind the scenes exclusive tonight. So I'm really excited about this show. Uh, and if you can tell from the sun coming into the windows, we are pre-recording a couple days before. But if you're logging in here, we really encourage you to engage with us through the chat. And we're really excited to talk to you about um, our themes and I write out 2021. So welcome everyone. I'm so glad you made and um, made the time to be here. And thank you for um, joining us today. Let me just do real fast um, before we do a round of introductions. Let's just real fast um, tell uh, folks who might be logging in what Write Out is if they don't know. Um, this whole team has been involved in making Write Out happen this year, which I'm really thrilled about. Um, and Write Out is a partnership between the National Writing Project and the National Park Service. And the goal of Write Out is really to encourage people to go out into their public spaces and places. So it could be a national park, it could be a local park, it could be a um, uh, you know neighborhood, it could be out in your stoop or in a community garden. And to go outside and to make and to create. And then during Write Out, which is a two week event to share online with a big national audience. So it's very much about place-based writing and learning and then connecting with others around what makes your place special. Uh, uh, Write Out happens between October 10th to the 24th. And uh, we encourage you to use the hashtag Write Out. So um, we're really, uh, excited to do this show as part of this year's event. Um, all of the uh, Park Service Rangers here um, have actually made videos for Write Out this year. So we're really excited to hear from them about um, how and why they made their videos. They're also part of a network called Park for Every Classroom. And I'm really thrilled that Park for Every Classroom is here today uh, because I feel like they were fellow travelers in this work, you know, and believe in the power of connecting classrooms and schools with their local parks like we do at the National Writing Project. So um, thrilled to, to that you all could be here and to help us um, kick off this year's event. So um, I'm looking for my notes. I'm sorry, I lost them in the background. So there we go. Um, so I wanted to start first by um, having Park for Every Classroom talk about their work. I had this really um, personally was able to participate in one of their professional developments this August. And it was a very powerful experience um, and was, was oriented around the stories that we're telling whether in our parks or our classrooms and how to really think about who's included in those stories and who might not be included in those stories and what, what can we do to, to expand the narratives and um, uh, really be more um, inclusive of the stories that we tell um, uh, in the spaces and places and the histories and um, that we tell about our country and our, um, our communities. And it was very powerful work. And I thought this was really important for us to talk about in the context of Write Out. So I invited um, the group here today. Um, before we get started, why don't we just do a round of introductions though, so that um, everybody can hear your voices and know where you are logging in from. And then we'll turn to Joan who can tell us a little bit about Park for Every Classroom and its history. So Scott, you want to kick us off with introductions? Yeah, hi everybody. So I'm Ranger Scott uh, from Springfield Armory National Historic Site out of Springfield, Massachusetts. 
Hi, everybody. My name's um, Kirsten Burlingame, and I'm a park ranger at St. Gaudens National Historical Park and calling in from um, Cornish, New Hampshire. Bonjour, bonsoir. Hello, everybody. I am Ranger Pearl from the Springfield Armory National Historic Site in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hi, my name is Newton Rose. I'm an interpretive ranger at St. Gaudens National Historical Park in Cornish, New Hampshire. Hi, I'm Ray Harrison. I'm the educational consultant and the coordinator for Region 1 for uh, the National Park Service for Park for Every Classroom. Good evening, I'm Rebecca Stanfield McCown. I'm the director of the National Park Service's Stewardship Institute, one of the partners that manages a park for every classroom. And I am calling in from Marsh Billings Rockefeller National Historical Park, which is in Woodstock, Vermont, the traditional homeland of the Abenaki. Hi, I think I'm next. Um, so I'm Joan Haley and I'm the director of Park for Every Classroom and I work for Shelburne Farms in close collaboration with these wonderful people on the call and other PEC team members, Park for Every Classroom. Um, and Christina, if you don't have your notes right now, I remember your first question, if you would like to- like That would be awesome, go for it, Joan. <laughs> so you are gonna ask me, like this. Hey, Joan, since you're um, one of the founding members of Park for Every Classroom and the director of Park for Every Classroom, can you tell us a little bit more about Shelburne Farms and the roles of partners in Park for Every Classroom? That's perfect. Perfect. Okay. Nicely done. So glad you asked. Yes. <laughs> so um, first of all, a big thank you to you, Christina, and to the National Writing Project. We are just thrilled to be partnering with you finally after all these years of thinking about it to actually do it. And a big thank you to all of my colleagues on the line for taking the time to do this and to share the wonderful work that they do. So um, I, we, we know how much our PEC teams, our Park Forever Classroom teams, have benefited from the National Writing Project program, but I wanna tell you a little bit about what we do first. Um, as the gems of our country, the parks highlight some of our most important cultural, historical, natural resources, and they offer really compelling educational opportunities. So in a nutshell, about 10 years ago, Park for Every Classroom was formed to leverage these treasures because we wanted to enhance student learning and stewardship using these resources. So understanding that we have limited time and expertise, we all have our kind of areas that we know, um, we, we thought we really need to work in more partnership with one another and not just to say, hey, teachers, you need to do this or hey, park people, you need to do this, but we needed to work together. So we looked at what everybody has to offer and we know that for example, teachers know their students well and they understand how to teach and best kind of help them to learn. We know that our park folks really know their resources well and have that in-depth knowledge and can do a lot of kind of fun, engaging things um, to kind of spark the conversation with students and spark kind of hands-on learning. Um, and they know how to communicate the importance of the resources that they represent for the national parks. And then finally, our community partners, kind of the third leg of the partnership stool, they really have those connections with the community. So they have kind of their finger on the pulse of what's important for the community, what's important for our students to know, and they have those great networks that they can reach out to to support this learning. So together, that's a super potent team. And so we come together to learn from each other's expertise and to kind of, um, you know, interrogate a little bit. What are we doing? What do we want to do? And create these common goals. And so we co-create and conduct educational programming and professional development to engage students in these authentic and meaningful experiences in our parks and communities. Nice. I think this... Um... I, I'm definitely committed to the power of this work, having worked with the National Writing Project and local projects partnering with their sites too. You can really, the, the, it's very powerful. So 
I so appreciate the way you've been thinking so carefully about this for many years now. Um, yeah, and, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we have a, such a variety of partnerships too, just to let you know. Yeah. So we, so in, in addition to Shelburne Farms, which is kind of at the the management level of the big partnership um, in the Northeast region primarily, um, uh, we also have. Um, partners such as friends groups with the national parks. We have the Pocono Environmental Education mm -hmm. Center. We have an Essex, it's a national heritage site um, that's down in Salem. We have the Scooted Institute up in Arc Acadia, Billings Farm at Marsh Billings, Sullivan County Conservation District in at St. Gaudens. And we have the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, which really kind of takes the lead for the um, Appalachian Trail PEC team. So it's this wonderful mix of partners, teachers, and parks for our PEC teams. Great. Thank you so much. And um, let's also, we'd love to hear from you, Rebecca, too, about um, in, you've been working for your work for the National Park Service, actually, and have been working with PEC for years. So Maybe you can give us a little insight into some of the work that you've been doing um, and the kind of professional development that's been happening uh, across all these partnerships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the professional development really is at the core of a park for every classroom that we bring together these three different components of um, the community, the park, the educator and the community partner to really think about what professional development looks like within a park resource, within a park story and within a community and within that educational environment. And then how best to provide that professional development both to the PEC teams um, when we get together for our webinars and our workshops, but then also how do you provide that professional development back to the community and to the teachers in the community. And from the very beginning of PEC, we've emphasized a hands-on approach. Um, we want that hands-on experience. And so we, we cover a range of content when we look at how we're supporting folks in the field to really develop their own professional development opportunities, be it looking at the principles of place-based education and ensuring that we're really strong in that content and we understand how that relates to the classroom and the park and where folks are actually going to be interacting and the types of activities they're going to be doing to the past couple years where we've really introduced some more concrete concepts around diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, and really thinking about how do those concepts emerge from park resources, from the stories and narratives and themes that parks have, and how that connects to the classroom and the curriculum and lesson plans that are in the classroom. So when we come together as a, as a group, we really like to think about what is the content, what are the key lessons that we wanna be learning, and then how do we create that link to professional development and what are those activities? So either you know doing the activities ourselves, this past year we did the annotation activity that um, you led us through at the workshop where we used an actual resource and the teams got to go in and really interact with it and provide comment and commentary on the different perspectives, what might be missing, what questions are gonna come up for people. So really try on an exercise, try on an activity and see how it fits for them. What questions they might have and how they could use that in their classroom, how they could use that in their park and with their park resources. And so we, we've found a lot of success in that model of let's, let's learn the content together and then let's get our hands messy and really try it out together and then spend that time really figuring out how it works into our, our planning and our process so that we can have the most success when folks go back into their communities after these experiences as a team to really create their own professional development. I think um, my grading project colleagues who are listening to this really appreciate this, you know, we, we have this teachers teaching teachers idea. We really try to do, if you're going to teach writing, you have to write yourself. So it's kind of like, it feels like a similar thing. Like we have to like take it on ourselves in order to sort of make it blossom in the world, I guess. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, that was my experience working with you all in August too. Go ahead, Rebecca, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, we really try to model the approach and everything that we do. So even 
with the management team for a park for every classroom. We have a partner, we have an education specialist, and we have the park service to really show how these how these three groups are supposed to collaborate and work together. And one of the most um, impactful parts of the program that I think is how we function as a community of practice and that really all learning from each other. So what one park is doing really does inspire and give, you know, good grounding to another park. So what one teacher is doing really does help us illustrate what another teacher could be doing. So like you said, it's, we're teaching each other and we're learning skills and tools and tips and tricks from each other as we go. That's great. And I, I'm excited that we have this opportunity to talk about the videos we worked on together too. Like we haven't actually talked across these videos at all. So this will be a nice opportunity to keep learning from each other. Um, great. And how, um, I know some people might be thinking like, oh, how do I get involved with PEC or something? Um, so maybe you can speak to that real briefly. Yeah, so um, it's also kind of, there's an interesting future for the Park for Every Classroom program as we look into the next uh, year for 2022. Um, so the program has been going on for almost 11 years now in the Northeast region for the National Park Service. And we are getting really excited to launch a national level where we'll really be looking across the country um, and welcoming in new parks and partners and educators into the program. But to join, we really are looking for places that are, you know, eager to either build these relationships between educators and a community partner or have those relationships already and are really exploring how they can create a stronger connection between the park and the, and the education system and, and the community partner. So when we are looking for new sites, we're looking for a park site that is, you know, being is able to identify who some of those partners are. Um, is really eager to participate in the full um, breadth of the program, but we're also really open to, you know, what type of resource you have. One of the great things that Joan said about, you know, the the program is that there's a large diversity of park sites right now. So we're really we really love to see unique resources, you know, that different resources coming in to help us all learn. Um, so folks that are interested in exploring more, there is a website. I would say reach out to Joan. Sorry, Joan. <laughs> Going to get all my emails. Um, and we we really are as we look to expand this um, into next year really looking for folks that are, are eager to explore issues of social justice and climate change and how those relate to park resources, whether you know climate change is something that's directly impacting your natural resources or you're looking at some of the more social impacts of climate change and what does that mean for classroom work. Um, really excited to, to go into that direction as we move forward. That's awesome, great. Um, thank you so much. and. Um, I have to um, raise the one who started this whole conversation to begin with. Um, and she reached out to myself and also a colleague from the Western Pennsylvania, Michelle King from the Western Pennsylvania Writing Project. Um, and Ray, I wanna, maybe you can like speak to sort of why you thought NWP and PEC should be sort of connecting together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it's such a natural connection. You know, with Park for Every Classroom, it's all about bringing together teachers and community and parks. Like, like we don't just want the parks to be in the community. We want the parks to be a part of the community. So, you know, with Write Out, you're welcoming people in to uh, interact with the park, interact with nature, interact with the site. Um, and it was just such a natural, natural fit. So, you know, creating programming with people instead of for people, like that's, that's a big thing, right? So uh, we feel like Write Out really aligns naturally with what, you know, Park for Every Classroom's mission is to involve educators and community members just learning and interacting with the parks. So it was just, to me, it was just a, a perfect, perfect, really natural fit. Great, thank you. So, so should we do this? We should, we should uh, get these interviews going, right? So um, I'm uh, thrilled that um, all these PEC partners and um, uh, park service rangers from different sites were able to join us today. Thank you all for making the time again. Um, we have um, all of these parks also created videos for write out. And these videos are 
they're relatively short. They're like two to four minute videos that um, if you haven't seen them yet, we'll put a link to the page where you can see them all. But they're two to four minute videos that are really um, meant to encourage um, young writers or um, young at heart writers. You don't have to be young to use these videos to, to, to go out and to write and create vis-a-vis um, -a, -vis a prompt that comes from these parks. Um, some of the parks actually um, created their own prompts based on things that they've been working on and other parks use prompts that um, some of my writing project colleagues put together um, some ideas and then they um, picked from those ideas and ran with it. So there's this beautiful array of videos that have been created that um, if you're in a classroom, um, we know that a lot of people use these as like do nows at the beginning of the day or to write into the day. So we encourage you to really take a look at the wide array of videos. I think we're gonna start with um, St. Gaudens and um, uh, I think I'm just gonna play it, right? Person, we're, we're gonna put you on the hotspot here and um, Play your video, and then um, and then Ray will interview you a little bit about you know uh, to tell us a little bit of the background. Does that sound good? All right, here we go. All right, if, if can screen okay? Okay, and thumbs up if you to make sure you can hear it too. Okay. Hi, my name is Kirsten and I'm a park ranger at St. Gaudens National Historical Park in Cornish, New Hampshire. One of only two National Park Service sites dedicated to a visual artist and the only one out of all the NPS sites that's dedicated specifically to a sculptor. And that sculptor was Augustus St. Gaudens. I'm standing in front of his home, uh, which is a three-story white bricked home uh, that he shared with his family from 1885 until 1907. Uh, when he moved up here, a lot of other artists, including writers, other sculptors, painters, and the like, uh, moved up here to appreciate um, the forested uh, rolling hills, the majestic views of Mount Escutney, and basically just to escape the heat in the summer. As St. Gaudens fame grew, many other public commissions followed, and you can see his monuments throughout the country, such as Washington, D.C., where the seated, cloaked, androgynous bronze figure that serves as a memorial to Clover Adams resides. And in Chicago, where the 12-foot-tall bronze statue with Abraham Lincoln standing in front of the chair of state can be found. And in Boston, Massachusetts, where the Shaw 54th Memorial resides. This heroic sized bronze piece shows Robert Gould Shaw on his horse with the black soldiers of the Massachusetts 54th uh, Regiment marching in procession. Whether you live in a big city or a small town, you likely have monuments in your community. Uh, whether it's on the town green or a city square or in a local cemetery. So my prompt for you is, who is represented in monuments in your community? Who isn't represented? And who decides what or who gets remembered? Please uh, share your responses either by mailing a postcard or letter to St. Gaudens National Historical Park or by posting on our Facebook page, um, or by posting on social media using hashtag writeout. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten, that's awesome. Ray, you wanna take it away? Yeah. So um, these next few questions are gonna be um, towards uh, Kirsten and Newt um, from uh, St. Gaudens. Can you tell us just a little bit about your park? Now, Kirsten, you got into it a little bit in your video, but can you tell us like where you guys are located, a little bit of background? 
Yep, sure. Um, we are located in Cornish, New Hampshire, right along the Connecticut River. So we're like a stone's throw from, um, from Vermont, really close to uh, Marshmillings Rockefeller National Historical Park. Um, sometimes visitors come upon us and they're, they're visiting because it's a national park, but they don't necessarily know any more details. So I usually say it's the only National Park Service site um, in New Hampshire, unless you include the Appalachian Trail, which obviously runs through it. Um, and it's the only Park Service site out of the 423 um, specifically dedicated to a sculptor who is Augusta St. Gaudens. And the fall colors are just starting. So it looks nice up here. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, this is your first year in Rideout. Can you guys tell us a little bit how you came to be involved in Rideout? Yeah, I'd, I'd heard um, in, a, in a periphery sort of way other national parks that were involved in it, but I didn't know much about it um, until a colleague at another National Park Service site, um, Weir Farm, which is sort of a sister park in that they're um, uh, involved in the arts. Um, they reached out and thought that the, the theme, which is palettes, storyboards, and cadences would work really well with our park. And when I looked into it, I thought there was definitely a, um, a connection. So I was intrigued. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that theme, that national park theme for October this year. I think it's awesome. Um, so your question involves themes of social justice. Can you walk us through the creation and um, what were some of the things that you grappled with with the creation of your of your spark, your prompt? Sure, I can start answering that question. Maybe Kirsten has some ideas after. Um, but we wanted a prompt that invited people to look closely at the stories around them, um, to look at things, uh, monuments, memorials, um, sort of just the stories um, that might seem familiar but perhaps could take a, a deeper look and that is kind of an extension of the work we've been doing um, with students with teachers with families with visitors um, writ large and i think the process of of taking account of being curious of asking questions um, especially about public spaces um, is it in itself an act of um, social justice um, and not only examining, but also encouraging um, a relationship with those places. And I think that's what writing uh, can do so well. Um, I think writing is quite literally about searching for other voices and adding, adding your own. Um, so the prompt itself was, um, we wanted to introduce the parks. We wanted to share three of the sculptures that we have on the ground, um, but also inspire an activity that could be done anywhere. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd add to that, um, yeah, that was awesome, Newt, is that like for so long we've, we teach about like the site and the monuments and who St. Gaudens is and his family and his subjects, um, but then sometimes people leave the site and leave it behind and they don't know how to make the connection um to, to their own community so the questions were kind of inspired by like what's in your community like this you know this can translate to your own town you know whatever size it is that's awesome thank you guys so what are your what are your hopes for this prompt i mean i think as, as joan said earlier that um, every national park is by definition a special place a place of significance and and St. Gaudens, um, we really have those opportunities to explore the stories and sculptures and monuments. Um, and that can be challenging. Um, but St. Gaudens is also a place of inspiration, of creation. Um, the artists who worked in this area and continue to work in this area um, took pride and seriousness in their work, but also sort of celebrated um, the whimsical, took inspiration from the land. So while St. Gaudens is special, I think one of our hopes is um, for folks to find those stories in their own communities, as Kirsten said, um, wherever they are, because they exist. Monuments, memorials, memories, um, they can be anywhere. Um, so to help anyone um, across the country sort of examine the power of public spaces, but also to exercise their imagination um, and find more of those stories themselves. 
Awesome, thank you so much. So lastly, your park is a member of Park for Every Classroom. So um, it has been, how long have you been involved? And did your PEC cohort, your, you know, your, your group of educator, community partner, um, park service member, uh, help you with the, with the creation of your video? Um, yeah, and Joan, I don't know, how, how long have we been a member of PEC? Forever. <laughs> Probably for eight or nine or 10 years, we St. Gaudens has been a part of PAC and we've had different rotating rangers and education fellows and um, partners throughout. Um, this kind of started, this particular um, involvement is we, we run a STEAM camp, science, technology, engineering, art, and math um, for middle schoolers at St. Gaudens. It's a week long camp. And um, our new team, which, um, you know, the rain, you know, Newt and I, and we have an art education fellow, um, another science education fellow who's heavily involved with the camp and our park partner, um, Sullivan County. Um, we kind of uh, designed this, um, looking at with a big part of new, shout out to new, um, designed like look, taking a deeper dive at monuments. Um, so like, you know, going up to particularly the Shaw 54th Memorial, which St. Gaudens did, um, and looking at it with a new lens, like just taking a deeper dive, like what do you notice? Um, what stands out, you know, what's missing? Um, and from that, uh, our art education fellow led that into an art prompt. And so like create your own memorial or monument. Um, and then as a team, we decided we could make this into um, a professional development for educators. And we kind of piloted that with another group that came in August with um, educators, with um, Joan. Um, so um, yeah, so it was kind of like a circuitous way that led to the prompts, which led to write out, which leads to this big group hug right here. <laughs> Thank you, Carson. <laughs> All right, Christine, I'm kicking it back to you. Love that. I love the big group hug. Thank you so much, St. Gaudens. And um, Newt, I love what you said, uh, the search for voices and adding your own. So I think it's a, a lovely way to frame, you know, the, the potential here. Great. So now we're going to go to the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area and watch their video. So let me get this one lined up. And again, it'd be helpful if everyone could give me a thumbs up if this is, make sure you can hear it. Oh, if I turn the volume up. Hi, I'm Ranger Anna. And I'm Ranger Casey. We're coming to you from the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area. This park is located in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey along the Delaware River. The river plays an important role in how we became a national recreation area. Rangers sitting in a canoe in the middle of the river. In 1955, back-to-back -back hurricanes, Connie and Diane hit this area and flooded it with over two feet of rain. This devastated the local communities and it took many lives. Because of this disaster, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers was tasked with finding a solution so that a flood of this magnitude could never happen again. They proposed building a dam at this location behind me, Tox Island. The Tox Island Dam would have built a reservoir that would have been one mile wide and 40 miles long. In order for this project to occur, the government used eminent domain to acquire property from local families and businesses. This forced them to relocate and understandably made many of them upset, many of whom would go on to become local opponents to the Tox Island Dam project in the years to come. Ranger walking next to the river. However, they were not the only ones upset about the proposed dam. Numerous environmental groups were forming to try to protect this area and to stop the Tox Island Dam project. They held public protests, letter writing campaigns, and attended government meetings. This captured national attention, which educated and recruited people from outside this area. This was instrumental in delaying and eventually stopping the construction of the Tox Island Dam. For them, defending the river was more of a calling than a choice. 
Ranger standing in front of the river. Now today, for your write-out prompt, we'd like you to think about what issues matter to you. Who or what might you want to stand up for? We'd like you to create a protest poster about an issue that you care about related to protecting public spaces. Be sure to share your work with us using the hashtag writeout or send us an email or a postcard. We can't wait to see what you come up with. So I had a chance, my unmuted, yeah. I had a chance to talk with um, Anna and Casey the other day. So I'm gonna play that interview quickly and share my screen again. Here I am with uh, two park rangers from the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area. Um, I always feel like I live in Philadelphia and I always feel like I have to explain that Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area is actually not in Delaware, but is between Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And it's a um, lovely place that I can get to uh, from where I live. So I'm really excited to speak to you both and to hear more about um, your work with Write Out. We're really thrilled and thank you so much for your video that you've contributed to the event this year. Um, why don't we just start, why don't you both introduce yourself and then tell us just a little bit about your park. Awesome, so I'm Casey. Um, I went to school for teaching and did outdoor education for a number of years. And then I decided that I wanted to be a park ranger. So this is my second year at, or second summer at Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area. And I'm Anna, and I kind of had a reverse history of Casey here. I uh, worked for the Park Service at Indiana Dunes National Park for a few seasons. And then I decided I wanted to go into teaching. <laughs> so I went back to school to become a teacher and I taught high school science for a couple of years in Northwest Indiana, where I'm originally from and recently moved out to Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area and became a park ranger here. And a little bit about our park, like you said, uh, we're located in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Our park occupies a little over 70,000 acres of property and we manage uh, and protect 40 miles of the Delaware River. We also have the Appalachian Trail that runs through a section of our, our park on the south end, and um, it's a great place to come and spend some time and recreate. It really is a beautiful area. Um, I was just there this summer, actually. Um, so how did your park become involved in Right Out? How did that begin? Um, so it started last year with uh, Rainy sending something to my coworker and I and asking if we would be interested in doing a video and we did it. We absolutely loved it. I had a great time. So I wanted to make sure that we were able to do it again this year. Um, so when it came out, our supervisor asked you'd be interested. Uh, Anna said yes. Uh, so we decided to work together on this one. That's right. I, I should mention that you've done it for two years in a row now, uh, which we so appreciate. And um, uh, do you want to just um, describe a little bit of kind of what your thinking was related to the, the video this year? Like, how did you conceive it? How did you um, pick the prompt that you wanted to use? You know, what were the sort of factors that went into it? So when everything came out, Ann and I took a look at all the prompts and we kind of narrowed it down to our favorites. And then we compared it with each other what our favorites were. Um, and then when we were looking at it, I, I was strongly pulled towards a protest prompt because it's a huge part of how our park came to be. We have a huge history and lots of stories in the park about protests. So I just felt a strong pull towards it. And so did Anna. And that's how we decided to pick that prompt. And it was awesome because we were able to get out on the river and actually show you guys where the, the dam would have been, the proposed Tox Island Dam. And we were able to kind of show you like the area that we were able to kind of preserve because of people's protests, which is awesome. And we love this area, so. 
it was great for me too because I really didn't know anything about that history you know so I've been to the park as a you know recreator I guess a visitor and gone on hikes and uh this summer there were so many ferns it was just lovely lovely out there and uh but I really didn't know anything about the controversy so it's really helpful to have that history um so you're both teachers and educators yourself and um, also park rangers. I think people will be excited to hear about like, oh, look, there's a, you know, it went to do a career change or something <laughs> either way. But, um, uh, but, you know, both as, uh, you know, people working to um, protect these areas and tell the stories and, and preserve and make sure that the history is known and, and the, the, uh, areas preserved, as well as educators who are thinking about how ed teachers might um, work with kids in the classroom. You know, what are your hopes for this prompt? What do you see it supporting or inspiring? Um, we're kind of hopeful that it will get people thinking about areas that are close to them that they might want to protect and preserve as well. Um, we liked this prop again also because it was very creative. It wasn't necessarily just all writing. It was writing, but also a little bit of like some artistic abilities could be incorporated into it also. You could draw a picture of your favorite place or, or write about it and tell us about it or um, just kind of be really creative. So we're really hopeful that we get a lot of responses from people about areas that they care about because there's a lot of special places and nature help holds a special place in everybody's heart <laughs> um, when you're able to go out and experience um, a place that's near and dear to you um, it's a it's a, a very special experience so we're really excited to hear about it that's great that's perfect thank you um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, thank you so much for your contributions to Write Out, and uh, we really love learning more and more about this special uh, place where you are, and hope it inspires everybody else to talk about what's special about their place, too. So thank you. Of You're course. Welcome. So there you go. That was my conversation with Diwa. And Diwa, they mentioned Rainy, uh, Rainy McKenna, uh, who was based at the Delaware Water Gap. Um, but they've been a PEC partner for a while now, too, right, Ray? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how many years, though. Joan, Joan would have to speak to that. Um, my favorite part is that they actually really did go out on the river, you know, doing their video from the, the kayak or the canoe. I don't know what they were sitting on. So that was pretty impressive. <laughs> so we'll have a chance to talk across all these videos because I think there's such interesting themes cutting across. But um, we still have one more to watch, right, from Springfield Armory. So let's get that up and running. And Ray, are you ready to interview the Springfield team here? Awesome. So um, there's actually two uh, videos. Um, which one do you think I should start with? As a um, Haitian Creole speaker, Pearl, you did one in both. Um, why don't we do that one first? That's okay. Sorry. Bonjour, nom c'est Ranger Pearl, mais sorti dans Springfield Armory National Historic Site. Springfield Armory était le premier National Federal Armory qui établi en 1794. Mais, zam militaire et pas ça seulement y était fait. Y était un site qui en pile innovation technology, même j'en sais où des dom l'intérêt. Blanchard Lake, it is revolutionary development. The first time private, the first time people. It is developed by Mr. Relay Thomas Blanchard in 1822. Soit long store, we found clay developed. Soit stone soya, silk, soya manchette. Tout bagasse ou acheté, grand change. It is developed. 
Baumachine Tirele Blanchard Lake. So, Georgia, Nouvelle Ecrit, Niblo Perse, Abedon Benchon, Tichanger History, Lefini Ecrit, Esplier, Pukisa, it is important pour. I love the song too. Here, and then uh, we can watch it in English. I know it might be hard watching your own. So thank you all for. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ranger Pearl from the Springfield Armory National Historic Site. Springfield Armory was the nation's first federal armory established in 1794. In addition to producing military firearms, we were a site of major technological innovation, including the Blanchard Lage, which sits behind me. The Blanchard Lage revolutionized the development of firearms, allowing for faster production, and it was developed by Thomas Blanchard in 1822. If you ever gotten a key duplicated, owned a pair of leather shoes, swung a tool with a wooden handle, it's likely that that item was made from a model form of the Blanchard Lake. Today, riding props, we would like you to think about an invention that changed the course of history and describe why it's so important. So my questions are for Ranger Pearl and Ranger Scott. Um, could you guys tell us a little bit about your park? Tell us a little about Springfield Armory. Yeah, absolutely. So Springfield Armory uh, is in Springfield, Massachusetts. And uh, as, as Ranger Pearl said, it was established in 1794 and it was actually active until 1968. Uh, so it was it was a federal facility. It was part of the ordnance department, which was which was part of the army. Uh, and what their uh, essentially their mandate here was to uh, build, design, test, and oversee uh, private contracting of military firearms and uh, and the sort of things associated with them. Uh, and so. Uh, it was one of the longest running industrial sites in the, in the country. And uh, as we saw with the, with the Blanchard lathe, it was, it was a place that, that really pushed forward as a driver for uh, manufacturing and, and technological innovation. Awesome, thank you. Yeah. And you guys have been in Write Out for a while. How many years have you been involved with Write Out? I was I was trying to look up. I came here um, in 2017 is when I started uh, my current position, and I, I know we we definitely were involved in the the national meeting uh, then, and then have been have been working with with Ride Out uh, since I got here. So that's awesome. And, and so, I don't, can you can you speak to how you initially got involved, or was it already running when you guys when you got there? It. There, there was definitely interaction, but one of our um, one of our community partners uh, is the Western Mass Writing Project, and so one of our the local folks here, Kevin Hodgson, who's who's a teacher and um, and part of that uh, local organization, has been doing a lot of work with us, and he's he's a big driver for um, getting us in, involved in this and and working in partnership with us um, in conjunction with the National Writing Project. That's awesome. I, we were actually able to meet him in August, or uh, I met him in August. He was at our Park Ferry classroom workshop then, too. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Uh, so your site's an armory, so you have a lot of guns. Um, can that be a challenge for you when you're creating educational programming? 
Um, how do you how do you tackle that? Yeah, there are there are a lot of a lot of firearms in here um, and in the collection. So it's you know it's a it's a museum essentially. So we have um, on the museum floor uh, machinery and and a lot of firearms there. And so that can that can be off putting sometimes to folks uh, um, in an, in an education setting especially. Uh, but uh, the way the way that we go about it is we're part of it is we're we're looking at the, the firearms as as sort of like the object that the armory is manufacturing and developing and so like what are the processes that they're that they're creating and what are what are they um, what are they doing here right as far as looking at like the industrial revolution and and these machines that they're making to manufacture these things uh, and then we also uh, do a lot of work with looking at like the people that that were here, right? So not just who you know who invented these things, but who was who was building them, who was working here, um, who who what was the community like here? Uh, and so a lot of looking at um, focus on immigration, right? Springfield um, has been a, a, a big city of of immigrants since since it was started, and um, and a lot of those folks worked at Springfield Armory. And so we like we like to dig into those stories and tell those as well. So the the firearms are are one aspect of it, but uh, not not the only aspect. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So you recorded in both English and Haitian Creole. That is so cool. Uh, what prompted you guys to make that decision? Well, basically, the ride out brings all parks, teachers, and education together. So we figure, why not do it in another language besides English? Because everywhere you go, there's Spanish, French, all other languages, but that's no Creole. So I wanted to do it in Creole. So in case that boy or girl that's watching this on Facebook or everywhere else can say, hey, I can be a ranger. I can work at a park. And also for those parents who are at home, who wanted to visit our parks. And they was worrying about, well, how will we communicate? Will there be somebody there that we can relate to? Now, throughout the ride out and all this information, they can come visit Springfield Armory, feel comfortable at ease knowing that there's a Creole speaking person there. There's a Haitian, just like them, that works there, that can help them along. Thank you, Pearl, that's so awesome. Um, can you guys walk us through how you selected your prompt? Like why, why were you drawn to that prompt and how you wanted to tie it to your story? Yeah, so part of, part of it is, you know, when we were looking at the different prompts that were available, a lot of times as a, as a small historical site, uh, you know, there was a lot of nature related uh, prompts, which, which we can, we can kind of hedge a little and get into, but we were looking for one, that, you know, we saw this, uh, you know, in, invention prompt and, and we said, well, that's, that's Springfield Armory right there, right? This, this place is uh, a, a dry, you know, been, been inventing machines and different ways to build things since it started. And, uh, and so we, we thought like, well, that's, that's perfect. Uh, that's, that's what we should do. And we have, uh, some examples of those machines that were these really great technological innovations that we we thought we wanted to highlight. And sometimes that's not that's lost, right? Because you think of it, right? You're like, oh, it's the the firearms and and these things. And so, but there's there's the aspect of the the machinery and the manufacturing that that sometimes you don't think about. That's awesome. So, what are your hopes for the prompt? So. Part of it is, uh, you know, we, we hope to get people thinking hi historically, right? That's part of what we what we like to do here. Of like, there's there's so many uh, inventions. I mean, everything that we're using, essentially, someone invented that. Uh, and and it's not just, you know, uh, I'm from I'm from the the West Coast, and so I know the the East Coast especially is has been one of those places where you look at it and you say, hey, everything seems to come out of here. But but people have, are inventing things everywhere right across the world and so hopefully this gets people thinking about um, not just what maybe was invented where they're from but also hopefully getting young people thinking about how how could uh, is there something that I could create right that uh, 
that hasn't been done yet or the solution to some kind of problem uh, and gets them, gets them thinking about that, right? Like, I, I, that's what kind of got me excited about it. Thank you. So lastly, you guys are also members of Park for Every Classroom. Um, Scott, I know we were together way back in the day <laughs> with Park for Every Classroom. So um, just talk a little bit about like how long and you know if any of the, I mean, I know Kevin came in August and he was definitely a part of this. So can you just talk to how your uh, participation in Park for Every Classroom and kind of the National Writing Project meld together? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've been doing a lot of work. I mean, part of it is when we meet and, and looking at what other people are doing and, and getting ideas for uh, different professional developments and, and ways to work with students uh, that, that relates to, to what we're doing here. And so um, we, you know, we've been doing these different summer camps uh, for a number, it's before I started uh, looking at writing, actually pretty interesting writing camps, uh, looking at in invention and, and, and people. And so uh, a lot of that has, has come across in, in what we were thinking about for this prompt, because I, I think it tied together our relation with PEC and the National Writing Project and the, and the park. This, this prompt kind of brought all that together, I think. And so uh, it's definitely something that that was important to us and something that we've been working on for a long time, uh, this concept, right, of, of invention. And uh, uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Pearl, any, uh, anything you would like to add to that? Well, I enjoy doing the different language, but it was a test because <laughs> we don't normally speak Creole or French in my, in my household. And, Doing this reminded me what my mom been saying. If you don't use it, you're gonna forget it. <laughs> so it was it was very hard, but I enjoyed it. I mean, if I can inspire a person out there, you know, then it was worth it. I enjoy doing it. And I would hope to continue doing some more work with the National Right Act. Thank you, Pearl. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ranger Pearl. Thanks, Ranger Scott. All right, Christina, kicking it back to you. All right. Thank you. Oh, I just love watching across these videos. I'm just inspired in so many different ways. I want to just um, maybe like, let's come back to the PEC team that that's, uh, that started the show and sort of what are what are themes and ideas that that bubble up for you as you listen to these stories and watch these videos. Um, Put you on the spot. Yeah, I, I have just been thinking about, you know, synergy, incredible synergy and the energy that's coming out of people. And, you know, just, you don't have to be a big park. You, you might say, well, we don't have the staff or, you know, we got our hands full, but here people really did leverage those partnerships and ideas to create these wonderful programs. And they're not really what you expect necessarily. So you have, you know, um, Springfield Armory, it's focuses on you know manufacturing firearms and they're thinking about innovations. They're, they're kind of expanding that idea. They're looking at their resources from a different perspective. Same with St. Gaudens, you know, they're an art park and they're thinking about social justice and, and Delaware Watergraph, you know, they're, they're a recreational area, but they're really telling a story of civic engagement. So it's just so fun to see them be so creative. And I think that's what, park for every classroom does because we really push each other to think you know critically and deeply about what we do to make this work matter um, and to try out new things but also with national writing project that helps us reflect even further and kind of get to those really good ideas and work with each other kind of bounce those ideas off of it so anyways it's just a lot of fun you know when it comes down to it it's just a lot of fun and it, I think it boils down to relationships and just supporting one another and kind of, again, pushing each other to be brave and try new things and really, you know, take that passion and make it happen. So anyway, those are my thoughts. 
And I would say one of the things that I really love to see across the three videos, and I think comes out in a lot of the prompts that um, have been through the videos for write out, is this opportunity, and, and you, you said it really well, to find the other voices. So in both of these three stories, you know, there's an opportunity to think about who has not had the opportunity to have their voice brought into the narrative or brought into the conversation. So thinking about tribal and indigenous communities, like how, how do they relate to stories about monuments and who's represented and who's not, you know, how people have stewarded and protected land and their relationship to land, particularly the story of Delaware Water Gap, you know, really having resonance with lots of communities that we don't often bring into some of these park narratives and that we're really pushing to, to open that gate and to create those strong relationships. What are those innovations? What are traditional knowledge innovations that really have changed and shaped the way that we think about the world and our relationship with it? I think these prompts really in the right hands, you know, allow for young people and communities to think about their relationship with a park, their relationship with their community in a way that is um, really inclusive and allows for that, to, those voices, to be present and to show up. And so I just love seeing that, that offering and that opening to really make that connection. Nice, beautiful. And um, I was struck by, you know, being part of your um, professional conversations in August and then, then these, these videos coming to the office, you know, to be part of right out this year. I was like, oh, wow, look at this powerful work that's, that's surfacing among, um, and brave work, Pearl. I, I, I feel like you, you know, like that, there is something to say like, okay, wait, I, I'm going to do this. And, you know, in, um, I haven't talked about this work uh, yet in this language, but, <laughs> you know, this is important. So like, I, I think this is just brave work. So I so appreciate everybody's um, commitment and attention to it. Why don't we um, just open it up for everybody to sort of give some sort of final thoughts, you know, what's sort of like in your mind as you're, um, after having shared all this and talked about this together, and, you know, I mean, in my mind is that sort of big hug that Kirsten mentioned at the beginning of the show that it feels, you know, we learn so much from each other when we, we share our thinking and we um, share what we make and create together, which is really the spirit of right out itself. So that's one of the final thoughts that's percolating in my mind. Does anybody else wanna sort of unmute themselves and share? I'm thinking just that I'm excited to see what people do with these prompts. Um, we had a lot of fun putting them together, but I'm, I'm curious about all the different ways that um, anyone might interact with them and the, the products that might come out of them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, seeing where these go. I just think it's really neat too. Like I, I kind of want to borrow um, Spar's <laughs> invention um, prompt, and I and I also love Delaware Water Gaps prompt. That one threw me that they're doing more of like a like an art with the posters. I thought that was really neat. So it is like a great community of practice thing that you want to like borrow from your other um, from your cohort. I enjoyed that the fact that I was able to do right out for our park but by sharing with other parks i'm also being educated about the other parks so to me that is just awesome yeah and i i agree with newt i uh last year as we were part of it we we had some some letters that came in and and some some sharing on different media that uh of stories and i read them you know and there's cup there's one i hope uh there's this one one student. I, I, I hope they write again because I, I wanted to get the rest of the story. You know, like it, it ended. And I said, well, wait, what what happened? Uh, so that was actually really exciting. And and then thinking about um, a lot of these places in general, what kind of strikes me and and it's been a, a I mean, it's it's obvious for me here. But then thinking about it in a lot of places. Right. Is that there's there's not necessarily just like one 
narrative or one story in these places you can you can take it from a lot of different angles you know because if if you're as far as the armory goes you know if you're you know you you don't have to you know be be into firearms or military history or have been in the military um you know as as pearl said in her video right if you've if you ever used a, a key right that um if you've ever duplicated a key that was duplicated on on a uh something that's based off of the Blanchard lay. So you have a connection to Springfield Armory and, and you have a connection probably to any number of other parks in some way. Uh, and it may not be the way that you, you would think of initially based on what the, what the common narrative of that place is. So I think it's a good way to, to look at that and, and take it from a different angle. Ray, you got us all started on this. So any final thoughts? We'll go to the order. Just my heart is really full right now. I'm so proud of, of working with everybody and the work that they produced and the work that they're doing on, on you know, shifting narratives, um, the work that they're doing, trying to get different populations into the parks and interacting with our community lands. Like, I'm just, I'm really proud right now. I'm really proud to be associated with both the writing project and park for every classroom and I'm just I'm basking in the glow right now. <laughs> Great, as you should. Thank you so much to everyone for, you know, as I said, making and taking the time to be here, to talk to us, to, to make these videos in the first place, to really grapple with these important questions and ideas and to, to be together as a community of practice that, and, you know, that we can then connect with too through our communities of practice. So I'm, I'm very also moved by the powerful work and the, the repercussions of this work. It's, it's beautiful to see it expand out in all these different ways. So I'm gonna close the show just by reminding us that we, um, this show is broadcasting in the middle of Write Out. Uh, Write Out runs for two weeks, October 10th to 24th. Uh, this year, the theme is palettes, storyboards, and cadences. So use all your senses to pay attention to what's going on around you. Dive into these beautiful videos. There are more of them um, to be found at um, the writeout.nwp.org website. And, um, and really um, spend time um, in your community. And then once you're comfortable, share with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear the rest of the story, as Scott says, and to, you know, and to have our own minds expanded and our own narratives and our own stories expanded by you adding yours into the mix. So thank you all for being here and, um, uh, have a happy write out. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.